This is a Anything Goes podcast production. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of the Journey of a Soul Sister podcast. Like I told you, some of these episodes will be audio and some of them will be visual. If you're looking for a podcast home, come holler at Disney Impact Studios. You want to be a guest or there's a topic that you want me to discuss, please go ahead and hit me up and let me know. Also, you guys, it is the new year. This, it's 2024. Three. Can y'all believe it? It is 2023. So if you guys are listening right now, I hope you're in good spirits and good health. So basically, you know, I always want people to come on and share their journey. It's very important to me for people to show them how they're getting there, what happened to them before, in the middle, and where they're trying to go. And today, I have the honor of interviewing someone that's got an amazing story, very talented, and really in touch with the community. And hello, he's from Baltimore. <laughs> and with that being said, I'm going to let him go ahead and introduce himself. Yeah, look, man, happy to be here, too. Um, a blessing. My name is Bully Anwar, you know, that's B-U-L-L-Y-A-N-W-A-R, right? On Instagram, you can follow me, too, at bullyanwar one B-U-L-L-Y-A-N-W-A-R, one, because I can't be the two. Um, <laughs> bully, it stands for Before Uses Luxuries, Love Yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, Anwar, that's my name. Okay. Means elimination, mm-hmm. you know, so. So you was really thoughtful when you was thinking of these names. What made you just want to think of all that and put it together? Um, So Bully came from my guy E. Foster, started the Bully Movement, and, um, I actually was incarcerated, and when I came home, him, my cousin and him are friends. So when I came home, he brought me in the studio, the first time I ever recorded, and since then we was locked in. And um, as far as Anwar, that's my actual name. My mother was into Islam. Okay. So my name is Arabic. I'm named after Anwar Sadat, mm. who was the pre- uh, president of Egypt. So Kemet. Okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. See, that's, so from the beginning, you were already destined. Would you say that? Yes. When did you tap in and knew you was destined? I always knew I was destined um, for greatness since I was young because my thought process was was, was not regular to me. Mm. You know, I wouldn't look at things how everybody else looked at them. Some things, and I would always speak out against it like, Man, no, that don't make sense. <laughs> it makes sense. That don't, that don't yeah, sense. I had that problem too. Yeah. So yeah. I hit it in the beginning that you're from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell people what part of town you're from or how you represent or you just represent the whole Baltimore in entirety? I'm representing the whole Baltimore entirety, but if I had to, uh, I started over White Lock Murder Mall, young age, mm-hmm. and I moved to um, down the hill, which they, <laughs> I, you know, up the hill, whatever, chasing Kenwood. Uh-huh. And then I went to Zone 18. Zone 18, Zone 18 is my family. Like okay. that's where I, you know, I resonate with the most. Mm. I would say. So shout out, shout out Zone 18. Y'all heard him. <laughs> okay, so you would say your mother, she studied Islam. Yes. Was that also passed down in your family? Were you guys brought up in the faith or? Um, no, we weren't. She, my mother. Oh man, my mother just. As a seeker of knowledge, mm-hmm. that's what I learned as I got older. My mother was always a seeker of knowledge, so my mother had us with the Sunni. She had us at the Nation of Islam. Then she had us at Morris Science Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I remember my mother spatted with the Jehovah Witness. <laughs> I seen all this, you know, coming up. Now my mother is a pastor. 
oh, at wow. a Baptist church. So, wow. you know, my grandmother Catholic, so religion was always a big thing. But like I said, my mother was just wanted to get knowledge. And, and, and tell her doing that, I learned a lot from all of it. Would you say you learning all that helped shape who you are today? Yes. Um, and then I'm not religious. <laughs> so my mother is a pastor, but she, me and her don't, we don't, we, you know, we don't really get into it because our views are not the same. And, you know, growing up and I, being able to see all those different religions, I was able to make my own decision and say, this is not really what I, you know, I don't align with their views. I don't believe in certain things or carry it a certain way. What I do believe is that you should be a great, a great person and mm -hmm. treat people as you want to be treated. Um, and, you know, as a creator, there is a creator and mm -hmm. do what you do. Like You don't want other people to treat you bad. Don't treat them bad and just be the best person you can be. I'm spiritual. I believe in the energy and, mm -hmm. you know. The religion thing, not too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's trust me. Um, that's I'm the same exact way. So when did you realize that you weren't into religion? You became spiritual. Um, I would say I learned fairly early. Uh, I'm terrible ages. Uh, but <laughs> you don't have to give an age. You I don't. I, I don't remember exact age when I remember. Um, mm -hmm. when I changed, but i know it didn't take long for me to see inconsistencies and contradiction and um and certain things. things people they said i actually just spoke on this talk just talking earlier casual that i seen that people would be like there for god and they love god and this but they would be the same people that would talk about sister Anne on a choir mm -hmm. or uh you know deaconess he beefing with you know what i mean the deaconess beefing with the deacon like i seen all that and i'm like this can't be or a Christian or I'm at Catholic church and they're telling me, no, look, the Baptists don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. You need to listen, you know, follow the Catholic or the Islam. Or Islam. You know, I, I'm surrounded by a lot of Muslims. They saying, yo, the Christians don't know what they're talking about. This is the way. Mm -hmm. So when I seen all that and I'm like, this is not for me. You know, it's no, it's no, nobody together. It's too much. People divide it. That's not what I'm about. I agree. I 100% agree with that. So do you use any of your spiritual meanings into your music all the time all the time every time man basically all my songs is something i'm saying in there that's spiritual and um you know uh just being able to talk i feel like even talking about pain you know that's mm -hmm. different vibrations and stuff but i feel like all of the vibrations sometimes are needed in your life you know whether it's low vibration high vib nobody ever moves to high vibration all the time mm -hmm. you know it's, mm -hmm. it's, you're gonna it's gonna change and I feel like that's needed because if you was always hot, you know what I mean? Yes. You may not know how to deal with it when it's somebody that's low vibe. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, no. Nah, um, yeah, so spiritual stuff is always in all my music. Okay, so I have a question. You say you reference to pain, right? And you've mm -hmm. been in some of your music. Let's get to the pain part. Yeah. What was one of the most painful moments in your life that you had to deal with, that you had to go through by yourself? By myself? Um. Because everybody's pain is different. It may yeah. be similar in some ways, yeah. and then you may have someone there to help you out. But what's one of those most painful moments that you had to face on your own? On my own? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it would be the death of my father. I felt like I was on my own with that, you know, because I found out, it came to find out my mother lied mm. about how he passed. You know, my father was on drugs, but he actually died from HIV. Okay. You know what I mean? My mother was blessed to not get it, and... um. You know, it was a big situation. And I also found out 
my father was a homosexual. Mm. You feel me? And that was, that really, you know what I mean? It really hurt you. That did a lot because I didn't understand it. Obviously, I was a kid, so, you know. How old were you? When I found out that he was a homosexual, my godfather was actually the person that he messed with, and I didn't even know until I got older. My godfather, Italian, treated me great, you know, never did nothing, you know, great person or whatever. I had a great life. When I went, That's when it goes into me going in the hood and then going on trips to West Virginia and limos and going skiing in the mountains and stuff like that. So when I found that out, you know, it was definitely like a big thing, mm-hmm. you know. So did you feel betrayed? I did. And I resented my mother for that for, you know, as a, as a child for a long time. Like, you so know, how did you deal with that pain? When you said you resented her, you felt betrayed, you didn't understand everything. Mm-hmm. How did you deal with it? What did what path did that pain set you on? Uh, a, a path of uh, lashing out, mm-hmm. you know, not listening and, you know, just mad anger. Mm-hmm. I was really angry. You know, I was getting in trouble. I was doing this. I wasn't listening. Like I said, I always got good grades, but, you know, growing up in that environment and then dealing with all those things, you know, it's a lot for a child. And then mm-hmm. I had two younger brothers and I was like, the, you know, the oldest, so I would take care of them. And it was just a lot of me being, I was mad because I had to do that, you, you know. That. Everything was anger. So it was a lot of anger, a lot of responsibilities just mm. put on your shoulder before you were ready. Do you think that's more some of the reason why a lot of our young black men here lash out? I do. I feel like it is a lot of responsibility, especially men. Okay, explain. Um, so from the beginning, right, mm-hmm. men are taught that we are not supposed to cry. You know, when it's crying, stop that crying. You know, you're 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 a boy, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's um, watch your sisters, watch your brother. Responsibility is put on us from the beginning, as as a child, as a, especially you know, I can speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Me, it was me and my two brothers, and my mother always made it clear that. You make sure your brother's good. If you don't got nobody, y'all got each other. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because it's like, damn, but we got you. But it's like, no, she let us know, which benefited me, you know, too. Mm-hmm. But it's like, as a child, that's a lot. It's like, man, so I got to take care of all us, us three. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's a lot. So I believe, yeah, a lot of boys feel the same way. I would believe. So I've seen it. And you would think they would just go and just lash out. And I can agree with you with that. Um as far as saying a lot of responsibility, because I come from a home mm-hmm. where I had some a lot of similarities where I raised my younger siblings and my oldest sister, you would think that it would have fell on her, but she had got the easy escape go out, if that makes sense, right? Okay, yeah. So I get what you're saying. You felt angry, worldly pressure as you started mm-hmm. lashing out. Mm-hmm. But let's tap a little bit back in. You say you was able to still get good experiences. So I yeah. want to know, where did that divide happen to where as though if you were going somewhere on the weekends, having a great time, but then you come back to the hood? Yeah. How did that coincide? Like, how did that even make sense? Um. Well, number one, it didn't make sense. <laughs> it was like crazy because I would be in the hood, all right, and then my golfer would come he live over in Old Northwood, you know, okay. Old Northwood, where the big houses. Yeah. I had a jacuzzi and a pool in the backyard. You okay. know what I mean? Grew up with a dog that was the dog off of um, Turner Hooch, a French mask. The dog cost money. Mm. Like, so then I'm I'm coming. People didn't know what kind of dog that was. I wrote, when we come in the hood and they look and see that dog, they're like, man, what well, that's a pit. No, that's a French mastiff. Mm. You know what I mean? They don't know what that is. So me going out and doing that, I'm like, 
dang, I like this life, you know, to come back to the hood every time. It's like, damn, I'm back here again. These people, I got to fight, yo, he didn't talk to my brother or mess with my brother or this person then did this or said something, you know, you got to carry it when carried a certain way. But when I'm in them environments and I'm talking about this with, you know, um, Caucasian people, right? I'm like, I'm getting the most love. That's why I'm not my, you know, my girlfriend is, you know, Caucasian. I don't mm. really see colors, but that's because I grew up different. I have had black people do a lot of stuff to me. Mm -hmm. Not to say, you know, I'll pass and what it was at was done, you know, that nothing can take that away. But I done been locked up by police. I done had black police officers lift me by my by the cuffs off the ground where I can't feel my wrist for months. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I done had the white ones let me go. So what I learned is it ain't the color, it's the people. I don't care what nobody say, you know, I don't take away what people done did to us and that's what it is. But, mm -hmm. you know, that taught me that as well, having a uh, white golfer or whatever, you know, those showed me the best times in my life, mm -hmm. you know, while I was young. Like, I had everything I wanted. Showed me hard work, you know, and then the hood just showed me how to survive, take a beating. So you say take a beating physically or you mean mentally? Both. Okay, so elaborate. All right, so it's funny because, and all right, <laughs> I'm speaking with my grandfather, right? My grandfather, he never beat me. And he always told us that when you beat a child, you teach a child how to take a beating, you know? And the hood was like that. The hood would beat you, right? So it's to the point where you get beat so much, you're not ready to keep taking that. So you learn or you just get numb to getting beat. That's how bullies, you know, they, I mean, people get bullied and then they just regular. It's regular. You see people taking advantage of them. Mm -hmm. And mentally, oh, man, <laughs> it's so much that happened in the hood that's mentally beating you. It's mm -hmm. coming from every angle, whether it's the school, whether it's the kids when you get out of school, whether it's the teachers. You know, I have teachers that bully you. Yeah. Like, it's real. Mm. You know, and like I said, I went to Catholic school. You know, I was surrounded by nuns, so it was serious. Mm. You know, the nuns ain't play games. But it was like, all of that was mental. Even going to the oblique sisters of Providence and laying in the boat that they drew um, to show how the slaves were, mm -hmm. you know, in the boat. Yeah. And it's like, dang, but we kids, and it's a lot, because it's like, dang, we... This this how it was. That's exactly you know? how it was. Then you come back and then you got your friend. He he in the back smoking a cigarette and then now you smoking and mm -hmm. you know it was always influence, influence. And everywhere you turn around, influence, influence. Whether it be older women, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. I was always surrounded by older women, and it's just influence. So it mentally definitely took a lot out of me. To my mother leaving, and then women, you know, she leaving me with. The, the next door neighbor kids to watch me, mm -hmm. but they not my age. They're a little older, but they showing me stuff and don't. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, that I ain't know what that was. You know, until I got older, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that that was a lot. I've been through some stuff. Yeah. When you going it. through it, you when don't you going know. Through it, and that's why it's so important for other people to speak about their past, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can come here and say, hey, I got this going on, I got that going on, and people see almost the finished product. Because I never say we completely finish until we transcend somewhere else, right? Yeah. So it's always to the point where you have to start. Okay, what happened? Let me explain. Then we come to the present, and during that middle, and then we speak for the future. Because yeah. if other people don't see what happened to you, they could never fully respect you. 
number mm-hmm. one, or number two, they think they know you and they don't. Mm. Yeah. Or they feel as though someone else out there that could have the same story that you're sitting here saying that's similar, mm-hmm. and they don't think that they can make it. So if they hear right. you and they see what's mm-hmm. going on, yes, I was lied to. This yeah. happened to me. I had resentment. Mm-hmm. I had so much influence on my life that took me down different paths. If I was with this group of people, why did these group of people treat me so good and was able to have all of this? And then I turn around and go to another group of people, my own people with yeah. that. And that's something that we struggle with today, still yep. to the day as adults, yes. with our own people. It's like, okay, how do I fix it how do i make it and that's why i asked you was it your beating more mentally or was it physically and you said both yeah so with that being said you had all of that going on and you said you had resentment Mm. when did you realize you had a problem i realized i had a problem i'm gonna say it took for me to realize i had a problem when i got older and became a man it didn't. When did you think you when became, I became a man? Um, you know, because it's different from different what, people. Yeah, say, I became a man at 17. I'd be like, no way. I became a man. I was my daughter. My daughter's laughing. So, I don't know. I'm going to say 21, maybe. Okay. 21. I felt like I became. And it's funny. That's like the age that you become a man. But in my life, that's around the age that. You know, I was still doing stuff, but then I start realizing I never changed it. I didn't change it at 21, mm-hmm. but I knew. But you knew I had a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was anger and lashing out, and you know, even getting into it with my family or mm-hmm. people on the street, whatever it was. And I knew. I say, man, yeah, man, I didn't been through a lot. You know, because because we always demean it because you're a man. You're yeah. not supposed to look at it like that. It's it's regular. We mm-hmm. we go through, and I don't regret the things that I've been through because I wouldn't be who I am today. That makes but sense. I do acknowledge that, yeah, I've been through some stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So the first part of any type of healing journey is to accept that you have a, a problem. Yes. Right? Because people all day long be like, I ain't got no problem. Yes. It is what it is. It's just who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. So that was very good for you early on at 21. Mm-hmm. My opinion with dealing with different males and raising sons and being around men, I don't think that y'all really tap into your manhood fully until like 30 something and then Mm. it also depends on what you are surrounded to so when you said okay influence influence that's also another thing because i know some 40 year olds who act like they're 21 of course and just don't get the picture so and then i also think that has something to do with trauma yeah in my Mm. opinion i'm not a licensed therapist but i'm a woman who done been through some things and witnessed some things Mm -hmm. so that's what i just see so for you and dealing with it and realize you had a problem Mm-hmm. You say you went to jail. Yeah. How old was you when you first got incarcerated? Um, I was in and out of jail, like a juvenile. I was. That's probably the most time I went to jail was juvenile. I kept getting in trouble. I never did a long stint in jail. I was in it. The most I was in jail was maybe three, four months. Mm-hmm. And um, that was enough. <laughs> you know, it ain't, I, love, I love women. That's number one. <laughs> when I knew it was no women, I say I can't. I can't be in here. There's no, there's no women in here. I'm not these these guys, man. But um, jail. Uh huh. Man, jail will definitely because it's rules and regulations in jail, mm-hmm. and you gotta abide by it. And it's like, it's no way around it. You know, maybe on the streets you may have a chance because you can get away from it. You can move whatever. Mm-hmm. In jail, you there. You ain't no getting out of this. You know, once you're there, you're there. So jail taught me, you know what's funny? When I went to jail, 
right? Mm -hmm. I had already had in my mind when before I went to jail that when I come here, nobody going to dictate me. Mm. That was my mind. I set myself up and said, nobody's going to dictate me. So my, I'm going to be the opposition every time. Like, anytime they try to say something, I'm going to disagree. No, I ain't doing that. I swear I went into thinking that with that mindset, right? So when I went in there and I was locked up and I went to tear to tear, whatever, and then I ran across this one tear and I was with a couple of different people and they was helping me. Mm. They all came together. They was like all talking to me, helping me, like really helping me. And they and I I never get man. RP, I don't remember his name, man. He died. He died right after I got out of jail. He died in there, not just from health, I think, and they had to fly him out. But I never remember I never forget he told me, like, man, how you thought it was gonna be. Mm. And I was like, I ain't think it was gonna be like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I also seen a guy when I first went in there, we were like um rapping. Like uh -huh. rapping on the tear and um me and him rapping. So the guys want us rap together and, and this how guys are they try to make it where it's a competition or whatever. So always you know, they oh yeah, yo, yo, he better than you, he better than you. So I walk off. <laughs> one day I come to the table, I see yo like he like looking down, like scared or whatever. So I ask him what's wrong. He like, I'm scared. I tell my man, my man like, yo, stop talking to yo. You <laughs> so I stop talking to him. <laughs> but it, when I got oh, I'm looking back like they had found out he was in a gang or blood or whatever, and he was scared, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I was never scared of nothing. You know, I was willing to deal with whatever came, but it was like, dang, man, this whole environment will force you to, you know, either fold or, or, or be a man in it. And and I'm going to say this, because I, I was watching something I seen where it said jail, they believe that you should have jail in your life because it makes a man out of you, mm -hmm. I, I guess, in, in absence of fathers. If that yeah. that sounds crazy when I'm saying it, but you know, jail definitely taught me some morals and principles as well. Mm -hmm. You know, and the small time I was in there, I learned some different things. I had a guy tell me while I was there, he said, "Shorty, this is not for you." Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, "What do you what, what you what you mean?" I'm thinking he trying to play with me, like, "Oh, you ain't cut out for this. You ain't built for this." That's what I'm thinking. He said, "No, no, that's not why I'm saying that." He said, I did this for you. He said, just by talking to you, I can see this is not the place that you you should be. Because mm -hmm. you you supposed to be doing something bigger. When he broke it down, then I'm like, damn. You know, that makes sense. That makes sense. Everybody knew I was great at music, even in jail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you jail to the streets. At the end of the day, you knew it, right? So we had the power yeah. in our mind and just being human beings, period. We can control anything. Yeah. We can make anything manifest. Anything that we want, we can have it. We just got to put in the work for it. Yeah. He said, this wasn't for you. So you say you've been in and out since you're juvenile because you was hurt. Yeah. You had a lot of resentment. You were mm -hmm. trying to figure out things on your own. Yep. You say 21 that you became a man. Well, you knew you had a problem. Yeah, I knew I had a problem. When did you start working on that problem? It's one thing that it's one yeah. thing to admit it, but when yeah. mm -hmm. did you start working on it? And before then, before you say that, mm -hmm. when you were going through this problem, how was you coping with it? Yeah, that's what I was raised to say. Let's um, go. So at 21, I knew I realized I had the problem, but instead of fixing the problem, I turned to drugs. Okay. I turned to drugs. What kind of drink, drugs? Uh, e pill. Every all drugs. I, only thing I didn't do was sniff coke and shoot dope, but I okay. sniff. I mean, I um popped. E pills, pills, perks, yeah, all like pills. I drank lean. Mm -hmm. I smoked a bunch of weed. So you would know? you say that it numbed your pain? Like you didn't have to deal? 
at the time I thought it numbed it, okay. but it really just obviously I as I got older I realized it was just masking it, okay. you know, and making me feel like I'm not going through that, but I still was, because it was just like you know putting my mind in a a doll, a doll dumb, I call it mm. the dumb phase when you, mm-hmm. you don't know nothing. But yeah, I wasn't helping myself at all. I was killing myself. So you was just killing yourself and yeah. hurting yourself. So you yeah. could say that's kind of like suicide, right? Yes, insanity. Yes. Have you ever had any of those type of feelings? Um, suicide. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I try to um do that before. Uh, I took like a whole thing, like a hell of trauma dolls. Mm-hmm. I used to mix drugs. I used to take lean with perks, e pills, all and Xanax, all at the same time. All the boys. You know, and and I'm like, and no one I, around you felt like, hey. Yo, what are you doing? Or you were just like, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. Or what? People doing the same thing that was around you? I didn't listen. You know, my mother and all them, they always would see. They didn't know exactly what I was doing, but they knew I, something ain't look right. You know, maybe I didn't look right or whatever. And they were like, "Hey, my grandmother, you ain't. Well, you need to stop whatever you're doing." I was never a person. That's why I don't understand why people do. I never hid stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. the person that you know. You got that people that hit hide and yeah. get shame. I'll be right out with it. If you, I'm gonna do drugs, I'm gonna do drugs. That's, mm-hmm. That was me. If I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. I don't care what nobody's saying. Yeah, I'm doing them and I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I always was. Um, it didn't definitely didn't didn't help my situation. You know, I didn't see that until I got older. And as far as you saying, when did I, you know, make the change? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still making the change now. I was I was hoping you would say that. Yeah. I was hoping oh, yeah. you would say that because yeah. sometimes people think just because you stop one thing that every day isn't a constant battle. Yes, I'm still fighting the battle now. And you still fight every that day battle fight. every single day. And I just want to say thank you for not giving up. Thank mm-hmm. you for keep pushing yeah. and making yourself be the best version of yourself because you want better mm-hmm. and like you want to help others. Yes. What advice would you give people who are going through this same issue? Because I speak about it sometimes, but it's good when you hear men talk about it because a lot of men don't just say hey yeah i was in that dark space because of this and i was trying to kill myself i was trying to end it all because of the pressures because mm-hmm. of what was going on in my resentment in society so what would you say to another brother or a sister whoever what would yeah, you say um i'm gonna say i'm gonna start with men for men right okay being a man is being able to say what you don't what what, what people don't expect you to say mm-hmm. it's saying the truth like a lot of times we're taught to not say it because we're men, but really a man can say what they want. Mm, that's the true right. man. You should be able to say what you want. I don't care what it is. I'm going to say that and I'm going to stand on it and I'm not going to care if nobody judge me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So all I would say is, you know, open up. If that makes sense, open up. I'm not saying you got to be emotional, but it's okay to speak on it because it's going to make you a better person. You know, even if you open up to yourself. Mm, tap into that. Tap into that. I ain't always say I had to open up to people. You got to open up to yourself. Be true to yourself. Because a lot of times, a lot of problems come because you're lying to yourself. yourself. <laughs> How you going to lie to yourself? It's, just, it's you. You know you. So okay. I'm like, once I figured that out, I said, man, <laughs> you can't bullshit. Excuse my language. You can't no, bullshit a bullshitter, you know? Exactly. And only person you bullshit is yourself. Is yourself. Yep. You know? That's so That's one funny. thing my grandfather said about me. He said, one thing about you, Ain't Wall, you ain't going to make no excuses what you're doing. You're going to just do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And I always was like, dang, he's right, because I ain't, you know, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And I feel like 
it made me better. And like I said, yes, I'm still working. As far as women or people in general, I'm going to say people okay. in general, men and women, right? Women, women, as far as their pain, I feel like it just has to be more communication, especially between men and women, mm -hmm. men and men, women and women. The, a lot of times it's the lack of communication why people be getting into all the stuff that we get into. You know, I've been in a lot of situations where at the end I realized, oh, man, we'd have just talked about it, it and, and, and learned how to talk. Because it's one thing to talk, but if you yelling, that's not talking about talk, communicating mm -hmm. it. And if you really communicate it, you can usually come to a common ground. And then we got to learn how to agree to disagree. It's okay to fact. not agree. That's you know what I mean? I learned that because hey, as men, we always be like, oh, yo, I'd have had my, my, my older cousins, man. Free my cousin. He <laughs> he will not let you be, he don't care what you, he going to make you believe, or he want to make you believe what he believe, mm -hmm. but I always been the same. I'm not going to go with what you say. You got to do that to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so once I learned that, it's okay for men to disagree, agree to disagree. You know, everybody's views are not going to be the same. Dang. It's okay. Right. And I feel like do that. Communication is key. So you hit it on something that's so funny to me because you said, I'm going to say, me, I'm not going to agree with you. And mm -hmm. when most people who don't, like myself, don't agree with the masses, yeah, it gets you into a lot of different situations. Yes. Right? How do you handle those situations? I know you walk away from some and some you don't, but then they also messes up some business deals, mm -hmm. messes up some personal relationships which also does have an effect. So how do you handle that when that happens? And oh. let people know it's okay to be that person that just yeah. be like, listen, it ain't yeah. for me. It ain't for me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say back then it had been a problem and it had maybe ended physical <laughs> or, or uh, you know, a big argument and all that. Now, mm -hmm. you know, being that I, you know, I'm grown up and into who I am, it's not worth it. And if it is something that I believe truly Obviously, I stand on morals and principles, so no money is worth me jeopardizing that. Thanks. No relationships is worth me jeopardizing that. Mm. You know, I'm willing to leave whatever it takes to keep me right. Mm. Because I believe, man, it's crazy. I'm going to say this to you on me. camera, right? You got it. Go I'm gonna ahead. I'm going to say this, this on camera journey. because... So and this, this might <laughs> rattle you a little bit, right? Let's see. Trust me. All right, so growing up, it's always what? Put your kids first, right? We mm -hmm. was taught that when women always tell me no, you got to put your kids before you. I don't believe that, mm -hmm. right? And I'm going to tell you why. So my grandfather always used to tell me, he was like, how you going to put your kids first? He say, if you don't put you first, nobody is good. Mm -hmm. So my baby, you know, my children's mother never understood, like, well, you know, you need to put the kid. I'm going to put them after me because if I'm good, they good. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I, a lot of people I didn't heard that say, no, nah, I don't agree with that. And, you know, I had a couple of people that say they do, but... Me, that's how. That's what I believe in. And since I believe in that, that's why I'm doing this and putting all this work in now because my kids going to be good and everybody around me will be good. So let me and let you know you did not rattle me at all. And the reason being because I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, like telling him, like, I used to be a mom's mom, if that makes sense. Mm. And when I say a mom's mom, that's all I knew. That's mm -hmm. how to be a mom. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. I did little stuff or whatever. All I knew is to be a mom and be someone's wife. Mm. E. That was that and to, to survive, yeah. basically. Yeah. We get to the street stuff, it's a different story, a different me. Mm. However, once I started working on self, right, you start yeah. loving self. You wondering why you depressed. You wondering why you're not happy. You wondering why you angry all the time. You wonder why you a bitter bitch. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep it 100, yeah, you, right? Yeah. It's because I wasn't working on me. Of course, I put everybody before me. So when I got about 33, that's when I had got that 
change life thing. It was all about me. Selfish. Yes. Selfish. Yes. My kids going to be good. I tell them that, listen, check this out. So you ain't rattled mm-hmm. me at all, but yes. people haven't tapped into that. And no. when you're programmed to believe no, a lot of people have all that bull crap that the kids come first, ain't no way. I cannot give them my last. You ever been on like the airplane mm-hmm. and they say like the mask, they be like, fix your oxygen mask first. Yeah. You're traveling with a small kid and then help the child. So if I put the mask on my child, I pass out. In the process, how I'm gonna help my kids? Right. The, I heard that analogy before <laughs> too, and that's funny. So that's a great sense. one. So it, it makes sense. sense. Like, it makes sense. no, you you it, you gotta put yourself first. Mm-hmm. One, and I, and I seen I seen it. So once I started doing it, mm-hmm. I seen the change in you my life, change. and everybody around me becomes better. Exactly. You know, what and I mean? even your kids appreciate it. At first, they from other people on the outside looking at who haven't tapped in. Of course, they're gonna shame you. They're gonna walk yeah. you. They're yep. gonna say whatever. Yep. Don't even worry about that. And this goes for everybody at home, anyone that's listening, do not worry about what others say. What works for you in your household works for you in your household. Mm-hmm. And that's what I keep telling people. Mm-hmm. My oldest son says to me now, I just saw him the other day, he said, Ma, I'm so proud of you. He said, you are so ha- you're happy. He said, and I haven't seen, my son about to be 20. He said, I mm. ain't never seen you this happy in years. A blessing. Come on now. A blessing. I ain't never seen you this happy mm. in years. He said, you went back to school because I did go back to school for him. I ain't gonna lie. When I went back mm-hmm. to school for him, because I was like, how am I gonna tell him go to college and I ain't finished? Let me yeah. take my tail to school. That was my thing. Yeah. Then he said, now I see you tap into the arts and you're sitting up here podcasting and you helping other people. He was like, my, you in the community, you're happy. Mm-hmm. He said, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Yes, yes, yes. Just keep doing it. That's a blessing. So I'm that yes, I'm saying to you, like, just keep doing it because mm-hmm. you're gonna make it. Mm-hmm. So far as your artistry goes, right? So you say everybody knew you was good at rapping. Everybody knew that you was good at mm-hmm. music. They did. They all knew. They do. And they <laughs> do. I'm sorry, y'all know. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, we talking present. Mm-hmm. What would you feel as though your biggest struggle is when it comes to that? Comes to music? Yes. I don't have any struggle. Not one struggle. No. I'm opening my music. Okay. You know? um, Not even as far as being from Baltimore and getting people to believe in you and your vision here. Oh, you mean, okay. Struggle, period. Yeah, struggle. struggle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole struggle everywhere in your music. All right, so, yeah, I thought you meant creating. No, creating it, you got it. You already tapped in it. You told everybody. Look, everybody already knew I was good. Yeah, yeah, I got that part. All right, so as far as that, yes. um, It's a big struggle, you know, with with that. And I'm going to say, oh, man, it's a big struggle Mm -hmm. because when you don't have the backing, you know, maybe I'm going to say the investors, or the investors that do want to invest into you, they not the people you want to invest into you. Oh, say that again. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, and, and man, listen, I told my uncle this. My uncle was a multi-millionaire, mm-hmm. and you know, but he doesn't know the music business, so you know, he not really. That's not his thing, and I respect and I understand it. You know, you can't make or, or expect people to do something that they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but I don't want the other people to invest into me. You know, mm-hmm. street guys or whatever, because nobody can have that foot on my neck. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. And I die, so the whole thing will be over. So instead of me doing that, you know, it's it's hard to figure out where to, which way to go. And then you got these people telling you this way. You got people that haven't made it to the levels that you aspire to make it to telling you, you know, do it like this, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, ah, 
Uh, and they're like, well, I've been doing it. You know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's everybody pulling, trying to tell you how to do something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's a battle because you got to learn how to take heed, mm -hmm. but also learn that this is your journey and you got to make Say your own that decision. again. It is your journey. Yeah, it's your journey. How can somebody tell you how to live your life? Mm -hmm. your you know, they can give you information on how situations went in their life and I take heed, but I, at the end of the day, and even if I do fall and bump my head, mm -hmm. I want that to be my choice. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's a real struggle, man. Like, I feel like it's so many different outlets to them. It's the talk, it's this part, mm -hmm. you know, being on these um, things. I wasn't used to any of this. It's not <laughs> just about talent. It sure ain't. It's 90% business and 10% talent. Wait, just just one more time. Repeat that mm. last thing, because I keep trying to tell people, and this has happened in previous things in my life. Mm -hmm. First of all, you can have all the talent in the mm -hmm. world, yeah. but you ain't business smart or mm -hmm. you don't understand oh, how really? the business or willing to learn, what they going to do to you? Oh, man, they're going to take everything from you. They're going to take it from My you. mother knows I'm intelligent and is, is scared for me. She she always, she, as I told you from the beginning, she's mm -hmm. a speaker of knowledge, so all she do is watch all the old uh, groups and the old Ooh. thing or, and the new. She be like, well, and well, they this how they took advantage of them. Mm -hmm. I don't want, you know, this, this is how they took advantage of them. Oh, you got your publishing? You own your publishing? Uh, did you do this? Do you do? And, and I be like, mine, mine, just chill. <laughs> I'm intelligent. I got it. But, and all right, she's right to be on me like that because you don't know, you know, if anybody can do that. Regardless, even when you're intelligent, man, mm -hmm. they, they word stuff different ways different and contracts ways, that yeah. you would never know that this word means this. And That's they throw crazy, in right? front of you that money, and our people are so hungry to get on. Man, listen. You don't I, listen. 90% business, 10% talent. So that means that you need to be doing your homework. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Before Me. You That's what I anything. told myself. I said, man, I got to get a lawyer. Number one, I have an entertainment okay. lawyer okay. Um, in Atlanta. So have a lawyer and even do your homework on that lawyer. Mm. Have a lawyer for your lawyer and you lawyer both of them. Like, it's real. You got to, your accountant may be an accountant, but check your books. Because people that had accountant and they were still stealing their money because they was making so much money. They, they never looked. It. They didn't even realize mm. it. You hear that all the time. So it's like, you got to do your homework, man. You got if you want to be in any industry, not even just music, any in, any business, entrepreneurship, be somebody that's going to research and learn. You got to. if you, Because mm -hmm. other than that, you might as well be a worker. You have to be a nine to five because then you don't got to worry about that. Somebody going to tell you when you get paid, you know. But if you want to be big time, like everybody say they want to be, it takes a lot of work. You got to be willing to put that work in. And I wasn't. It, I had mm -hmm. to make that decision to say, it's time. I'm ready to put time. the work in. Yeah. Ready to put that yeah, work in. Yeah, I'm ready in. to put the work in. Anything that we have, you got to work for. Anything that you want, anything you want to achieve, you got to work for. And the fact that you're dropping jewels, like, mm -hmm. people don't really realize they don't want to share the game with you if you think about that. Like, hey, listen, you. this is the way you should just go get a lawyer, mm -hmm. get this one, give you positive things. They always want to say, man, don't worry about that. You can work that at the end of the day or skip mm -hmm. through those type of things. So I'm glad that you know that now. Yes. And I'm glad that you're willing to tell everyone that. Mm -hmm. But also I heard you say entertainment and lawyer. So for those who weren't listening, because I don't think we tapped on that yet, that you live in Atlanta? Yes, I live in Atlanta now. Um, I've been living there the last six months. Um, I was always taught to take a risk, mm -hmm. and I just left. 
Like, I didn't tell nobody. Mm-hmm. I just made a decision. I was actually, I actually started a landscaping business, right? Uh-huh. And um, I was doing good. I would have had a lot of clients right now, but something, my spirit just told me, like, it's time to, you know, it's time to go. You got to get out of here. Go. You got to mm-hmm. listen. Oof. You got to get out of here. Um, Atlanta, great. So what's the <laughs> difference between Atlanta and Baltimore? Southern hospitality. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's Southern hospitality there, hospitality there, hospitality, and there's none here. <laughs> <laughs> Southern and there's none here. Not I feel problem. like you may run across some people, but the majority of people, that I come across, mm-hmm. they don't want to give you the information. If they do, they want to sell it to you. Mm. So what about the music part aspect of it? How do people support you there versus supporting you here? They recognize um, talented people from the initial. Instead of here, it takes for you to... It's harder here. You got to put the work in. They got to see the change. They got to see the lights. They got to see you doing all that. Then they you like gotta make them a believer. You got to make, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to say is necessarily bad when you think about it. But at the same time, it's like, dang, I got to do all this for y'all to love me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I've been great from the beginning. <laughs> that is true. I always say Baltimore's clicky clicky. Um, are we all in our own little cliques and all in our own little things? Yes. People always feel like they in competition. Then mm. me, I always tell people I ain't in competition with nobody. Mm. I'm in my own lane. I do my own Hold thing. Up. I create my own stuff. I, I agree with you. that, right? That's me. But when it comes into music, right? Because I, I went viral on Murder, Inc. I had 130,000 mm-hmm. views, right? Um, music started with competition. That's where music started. I'm an artist first. Mm-hmm. Now, as people, yes, we all, you know, are going, we are ourselves and we are great in our own right. But as music, it start friendly competition. It doesn't have to be negative, but when you want a song, you want to do great. You want to be, oh, yeah, I, I killed this song. Mm-hmm. So in the end of the day, it is a competition in music, you know. Other than that, outside of music and the artistry, yes, we should kind of gather and everybody's great. But, but that's, see, that's what me and you going to agree mm-hmm. to disagree. Mm-hmm. Because as far as competition, you saying music-wise, you should be great every time you get on the mic. It don't matter who coming before, who coming after. As long mm-hmm. as you feel good at what, what you've done and what you laid down, everything else don't matter. Uh, when I rap, I'm <laughs> rapping to win. I'm, I'm keeping a thousand. Like, when, when you see two people freestyling. But you should. That should be your energy every time. That, yeah, but everybody don't have that energy. Because they self-doubt you know? themselves because they look at the competition, they start to psych themselves out sometimes. People was mad at me because I said, Lil Baby, uh, Lil Dirt, Drake, I'm coming. And they're like, how can he say that? He not, why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I? Because it's Drake? Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. give a who respect to that man. You know, I would love to work with him. You know, mm-hmm. shout out Drake. We're going to work. But, uh, no, I'm great. And people, that it's funny, they don't even understand that Drake and them will look at it like, no, he got it. He got it. Mm-hmm. He on our level. He's even speaking like he's on our level. He knows what he has. So it shows confidence. Anybody that look at it like, no, he shouldn't go at little baby or uh, NBA young boy. Why? Why, Why wouldn't you feel like? You're the same caliber as them, or mm-hmm. just as good. No, it don't. It never made sense to me. It never will. Mm-hmm. You know. But I also learned you can only change yourself. You can't change people. Can't change people. Ooh. They have to change themselves. So oh, I just them. I'm big on setting examples now. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna set the example. So all y'all that talked about me on murder ain't. <laughs> I'm going up, and you're gonna see me. Now when you see me with Drake, 
You see me with little baby, and y'all be like, hey, he, I remember he said he was better than that. Mm. Now I'm on the song with him. Remember. Remember what you said. Yeah, remember what you said. Keep that same energy. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. But like you said, people got to see it first, and then they love you. Yes. You got to convince people. It's just yeah. that simple. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. And you could be doing everything right. And you could be the hottest of the highs. But because people don't want to admit that they were wrong, like that's one of the most yeah. biggest things in mm -hmm. people. They don't want to admit that who they thought you were mm -hmm. and who they had you made up in their mind that you needed them on some type of level or mm. you weren't going to be anything more than mm. that. And then you prove it. They will still hate on you mm -hmm. because they do not want to give in to the fact that you were already destined mm. for greatness from the beginning, and they don't even see it in themselves. So yeah. what they lack in themselves, they envy in you because they see it in you. But they don't want you to do it, so they try to put all these worldly things on you so mm. you don't see it yourself. Mm. So don't even worry about it, baby. Uh, Trust me. I don't even <laughs> listen to them. I'm, I'm like, I, I, man, I think it was 700 comments. I did not comment once, and all I did was read. Mm. You know, some people can't read. I like reading stuff like that because they be like, dang. <laughs> That's how they feel. And then you see the people that's on your, you know, on that's talking side. good. And they like, man, y'all doing what he wanted y'all to do. And I'm yeah. laughing like, yeah, y'all don't even know it. Uh-huh, we got a vibe. Yeah. That's what y'all get. Keep talking about me. I always say um, any press is uh, good press. Yeah. It doesn't matter because mm -hmm. you're going to talk about me to somebody else. But then someone else is going to turn around and look for you. And then when they go to look for you, they're going to be like, wow. Well, think they may become my fan yes because you still my fan because you still watching yes. i had people do that that really was reaching out because if you look at the comments the majority was negative mm -hmm. but i had people reaching out to me saying no nah, bro you got it or people that actually heard my music and heard me because that that thing i put on there wasn't that was regular. That, that was, was nothing. Regular. I did it for that reason. The reason <laughs> that everything happened, I did it for that reason. I said, yo, let me Kanye this thing before mm -hmm. um, before I drop this song called More. Kanye, you know, and um, people don't people be sleeping. Man, listen, he upstairs. He knows mm -hmm. something. That's what I'm saying. He might not know anything, but he knows he something. Knows something. And um, it worked. What I did worked. And, mm -hmm. and the crazy thing is, they can never fathom. Never. The music that I make and the creativity that I come with this. They talking about, yeah, he, I'm, a couple of them say, yeah, he's just another Baltimore rapper. Mm. Oh, man, they have no that idea. That just make me even more hungry. <laughs> I was laughing. I say, oh, man, somebody sells from Elk Ridge. I just said, they sell from Elk Ridge. I'm oh, from Baltimore City, the real thank kind. You. I'm that, like, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dang. They're like, man, I hope he can stand on that, yo, because he, he going to be out. I'll be outside. I'm out. I'm outside. He outside. I'm outside. So it's like, <laughs> no, I'm not worried about none of that. But I did it for that mm -hmm. reaction, and it worked. And I'm like, man, now they gonna really start seeing. So all that stuff they said, they gonna be like, dang, mm -hmm. he's really great. You know, he really does this. They just gonna stand on it. That's it, and that's all. And they not. They gonna fold because they gonna be the Bird same pressure. people. Like more now. They gonna be like, pressure, but no, I like. really didn't know he was like that. I Sir, man, we, we in the same boat. I understand. Trust Come me. Come on, man. Trust me. So I see that you, um, the last time I saw you, you had on black. Today you have on gray. Mm -hmm. And it looks really nice. Would you like Thank to you. tell everyone about what you have on? Um, so, so This is your brand, right? Yeah, this is my okay. brand, man. Represent that brand. This more, this more than a brand. This is a mindset, right? Woo! Yeah, this is a mindset. So we we, we on that thing first, man. You know, um... Growing up, like I said, you know, everything that I've been through led me to see that a lot of times I reacted mm -hmm. first instead mm. of thinking. Mm. And it led me in a lot of situations that I could have uh, avoided if I'd have just thought about it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, you know what? I was just sitting there one day and I'm like, you know what? 
you got to think first, mm-hmm. not last. Mm-hmm. You feel what I mean? You got to mm-hmm. think first. You imagine if most of the people would have thought, first, they, if we wouldn't have so many people in prison. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have so much abuse. We wouldn't have, Jesus, Jesus. It's bigger than me. Yes, it is. Think so first. This is so. bigger than me. When yeah. I really, I said, dang. And I thought about it, I said, man, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. You know, because he really blessed me with this, the thing, mm-hmm. and put this out there in the atmosphere, atmosphere because it's, and it start with the youth. I'm big on the youth, mm-hmm. you know, because as adults, we adults, we may be harder to tell something to. That's but true. But when kids and you tell them, like, all right, maybe you should think about that before you did it. Mm-hmm. They 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 listen. They listen. They listen, especially mm-hmm. if it's a person like me. I talked about that as well. You know, with my mother. My mother's a pastor. Mm-hmm. People are swaying away from religion, mm-hmm. from what I see. Right, more people are what spiritual from uh-huh. what I see, and the reason being is, I feel it's a lot of contradictions and different things, and people don't feel like they can put their trust into religion at mm-hmm. this time. Right. People will listen to me, somebody that's not religious, but they've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, man, look, you can do this. So I'm doing music. After, the reason I'm doing music is not, I love music. But when I become successful, I'm going to be a motivational speaker, mm-hmm. right? Because I love to tell people, you know, my story. Sure. But when I'm successful, because right now I don't have the money. I don't have this. I don't have that. So it's harder for them to listen. You know, but once I have those things, that is like that, but that's mm-hmm. life. So once I have all those things that they charge or they think of something, then I can come back and tell them, like, don't charge these things. They <laughs> nothing. Ain't that crazy that you got to get the things they charge so, to tell them don't charge it? I, I agree with you with that one, right? But this is where I'm going to also disagree with you, okay. right? Because this is how we learn and we help each other. Okay. You can still be that motivational speaker without the money, without yes. everything that's yes. happening. I don't care if it's just one person. And I'm only mm-hmm. saying that to you because I do it. Mm. Okay, young girl from Southwest mm. Baltimore. Don't don't do it. I mm. published two books within a year where people told me mm. that I couldn't. Came from abusive child home and an abusive relationship, and even was the abuser at a time. Mm. Let me tell you, single mother of four kids, mother at fifteen. Let me tell you something. Been out there in the streets. They never sold my ass, but I sold that dope. That's mm. not go there. So yeah, you could be yeah. a motivational speaker. Now, yes. You hear me? Yes. You don't know how many people you're going to touch just thinking first. Mm-hmm. Like you said, think first. I always tell people, we take the emotion out of it because now I'm more of a logical thinker than I am an emotional thinker because mm. I learned emotions do okay. nothing for me mm-hmm. in certain situations, okay. right? That's good. Because I'm going to go off on mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be something else. But if I would have thought before I did certain things, like you said, think first, mm-hmm. I would not have to dealt with some of those consequences that came behind me mm-hmm. not thinking first. I agree with what you're saying, right? And I know what you're saying. But let me break down what I'm saying, Go right? Ahead, break it down. Because I, I do motivational speaking mm-hmm. now, right? And I do touch people. That's what I do, especially with my music. But the masses. Oh, we know that. Come on now. When you want to get to the masses, because I want to get to the masses, and it goes just with the music. I'm going to bring it back around, just like mm-hmm. with the music, how I look like this and I dress this way and I don't have to change and all that. And uh, some people hear my music, you have the 
you know, percentage, 10% that's going to get the music and feel it and be like, okay, I hear what you're saying. Mm. And then you got the other 90% that don't hear because I don't look that part or what they feel I should look. Mm. It's the same with the motivational speaking. Yes, I can touch a, a percentage of people that's going to listen to me, but because in their mind or their eyes, oh, I'm not this person. Oh, how can he tell me how to be successful in my life mm. when he doesn't look successful uh, from what they, they measure success at, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, Okay, because I know that I'm willing to put the work in. Plus, I want to be successful, so it's not hard. So I'm gonna put the work in once I'm successful to the measure that I measure it at, and I want to be, which is not money, it's more than money. Mm -hmm. But once I get to that level, right, then I can come and then I can reach the masses. I can reach a lot more people mm -hmm. than I was reaching now. Because best believe, I reach people now. Of course, you know, of I'm gonna course. reach a lot of people with this right now. This this yep. interview, but I need more. Mm -hmm. and, and you that's always my song, more. more yep you always going to get more no matter what right because you're going to go in different places and you're going to mm -hmm. meet different things and like i was saying if it's just one person it only take one person yeah. that's it and then it goes to the next person and the next person it may not happen overnight it may not happen not as happen quickly as you yeah. want it to happen but it will happen mm -hmm. and i just want you to keep sharing your story with people yeah. i don't care who it is anybody shunned upon or people try mm -hmm. to say stuff or discredit you in any kind of way I, you're hearing from a sister to a brother to let yeah. you know yeah. that thank you I have to tell you thank you because it took a lot for you to explain that you dealt with resentment. You felt like you was let down by your father and your mother. Mm -hmm. For you to not listen and start acting out. For you not thinking first. You were on drugs, numbing the pain, even contemplated suicide, just doing things that could have basically ended you yeah. suicide. Mm -hmm. You know, being incarcerated for a little bit of time, but still coming out and dealing with things and still mm -hmm. pushing for your dream. No matter how old you are, no matter what was thrown upon you, you know you're calling. So I want to say thank you to you and I want you mm -hmm. to keep Keep it going. You're welcome. And keep this journey. And don't forget about us little people now when you get I wanna, to the top. I want to I wanna say one thing, right? Sure. I want to say this because I want to make sure I clarify this, right? Mm-hmm. As a child, I was going through all that. When I became a man and I look back at my father and mother, mm -hmm. you have to understand that they were going through things. That's a fact. I want to say that. So, my, mm. Hi, my. I, I realized my mother was going through traumas mm -hmm. and struggles. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother has a book coming out. It's going to be very, very good. Ooh, so you want to get sure to that. You, you know, but once I got older, because I did resent it when I was a child, but when I became a man, I said, yeah, she was going through mm -hmm. her own problems. She mm -hmm. was struggling. She was dealing with, mm -hmm. she had three boys, you know, trying to figure out how to raise them in the hood yeah. and how to get them out the hood, in which she did. I just went back and took her. She got <laughs> us out the hood and moved in a good place. And, you know, and I had to really see that. My father, regardless, I, you know, I don't have all the information about him mm -hmm. as I, you know, I wish I did have more, but I even know he was going through something. Mm -hmm. He may have been battling with the fact that he was homosexual. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It could have been the drugs. I don't know, but... Regardless, he had something going on. Mm -hmm. So I don't fault either one. And you shouldn't. You know, I don't fault either one. My mother was mad, too, my, because I said something about me. Once I left Catholic school mm -hmm. and I went to public, that's when it was downhill. And she kind of got it. She was like, well, I want to tell you why I did that. You know, you mm -hmm. was messing up. And I told, and the, the, the uh, tuition was high, mm -hmm. you know, and I told you if you kept messing up. And I said, well, my, no, I'm not. I wasn't saying it to say that was your fault. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand every move you made. And it was a reason for it and a reason behind it because my mother's intelligent. Mm -hmm. So I know she didn't just do something just to do it. It was a reason. Mm -hmm. And if I wasn't, 
if I wouldn't have went through all these things regardless of the trauma, the resent, mm-hmm. I would not be the person Same I am today. today. That's a blessing. We closing on a that blessing. one. We is closing on that one. Oh my goodness, because I say that all the time. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Jesus. But you hear a me? Blessing. That is definitely a blessing. Once again, I want to say thank you. You have yes. to stay in contact. Please stay in contact. I got you. We'll love to keep watching this journey of yours mm-hmm. and see Me what too. else will happen. Yeah, just to see what else happens and grows mm-hmm. from this, right? And also bring you back for a part two yeah. because we can go deeper into other situations as mm-hmm. far as more things and younger kids. If do even have you come speak to some of the children because that's so oh important. man that's what i'm about that is so i would love important. to come and speak to the children okay if you have anything so stay in touch with, with me that, i, want I to got you i yeah. definitely got you so let me close this out i want to let everyone know if you heard his story you hear the journey and the path that he's on and some of the major struggles and resentments but what did he say through this whole interview this man said once he stopped lying to himself once he start realizing his self and the power that he has within his self to make it, then I want you to know if he can do it, if I can do it, why can't you? And with that, that has been an episode of the Journey of the Soul Sister. This is a Anything Goes podcast production.